Hey, this is the Growth Podcast with your hosts, Ben and Brendan. This episode, we'll be talking about space repetition software, or what's the capital of Azerbaijan? Ben and I are very excited about space repetition systems, which are a class of software applications that allows people to remember whatever they want for whatever period of time they want to remember it. And I think that's a really powerful ability that is beginning to become a bit more popular. For example, medical students studying for the MCAT have started adopting space repetition systems a lot because they make it much easier to remember the enormous volume of information you need to retain in order to get a good score on the MCAT. And I'm also personally hopeful that space repetition can have a positive impact on society by going more into the mainstream and, for example, perhaps even affecting things like the education system, because space repetition systems can help people remember knowledge, skills, and memories for a lifetime instead of just learning all of these things at once and then forgetting much of what you learn right after you learn it. And forgetting much of what you learn right after you learn it is closely related to one of the fundamental concepts around what space repetition is. And that concept is the forgetting curve. Right. So the forgetting curve was this observation that when you're trying to learn something, people generally remember something fairly well shortly after learning it or memorizing it. But then as time goes on, they forget and they forget very fast. There's this exponential drop-off where only after a couple days, if you don't revisit some information, unless it was exceedingly visceral to you, you'll probably have forgotten it. And so from the forgetting curve, what emerged was this idea of the spacing effect. The spacing effect is this observation that people generally remember things best, not when they cram it all in the beginning, and not when they revisit it at regular intervals like every day or every week, but actually when they revisit it with increasing periods over time. So for example, if you learn something one day, you might revisit the information and try to test yourself on it a day later, and then two days later, and then five days, and 10 days, and 25 days, until eventually, maybe you won't see that information for five or 10 years, but there's a pretty good chance that you'll remember it. So that's the spacing effect. And then from the spacing effect, this guy, Peter Wozniak, I think he was Polish and trying to learn English. He came up with a specific algorithm for using this observation, and then tested it with flashcards, and eventually made some computer software to automate the entire process. And that software is called SuperMemo. And to my knowledge, it was the first computer software that implements space repetition, or basically using the spacing effect to memorize things. And after SuperMemo, a bunch of other software popped up, like Duolingo uses space repetition. There is this really common software called Enki, which both Brendan and I tend to use for this kind of thing. You see it all over the place. Yeah, I think space repetition is also making its way into a lot of niche apps that specialize in teaching people certain things. Hmm. For example, it's even found its way into Scritter, which is this application that tries to teach people the stroke order when they're learning Chinese characters. Hmm. I think that probably relates very closely to what you're working on, Ben, which <laughs> is picking up a new language, Mandarin. Right. I've been using the space repetition software Anki, which I mentioned before, to learn Chinese. And so this can help in all dimensions of language acquisition, like remembering the meaning of things, remembering the shape of things like the Chinese characters, remembering the sound, and also remembering the grammar points. The software makes it easy to create front and backs of flashcards. And so the front in this case might be literally a Chinese character. And then I'll be testing myself on what it means or what it sounds like or something like that. And so that's sort of going back to the spacing effect. This is just one example of me reviewing the material. So space repetition software is both the algorithm underneath that sort of makes sure you're tested on each piece of knowledge at the right time according to the spacing effect, but it's also, like I said, the ecosystem around it, all the tools and software that you might want to get content, test yourself on content, etc. 
Right, so space repetition helps you remember stuff in the form of active recall, right. in which there's a prompt and then there's an answer that you have to provide. Yeah, in space repetition software, there might be a Chinese character, and then the answer that you're supposed to provide would be, say, the definition of, of that particular character. Right. And most space repetition software asks you to report how well you've remembered something. And then these software applications actually use algorithms based on sort of your input like whether or not you remembered something and also how well you remembered it, they use this input to try to guess when you're going to forget the material next. So of course, if you say you remember something really strongly, then it's likely that you won't need to be prompted to recall the material again in, in the near future. Right. And so the point here is for space repetition software to prompt you to remember things right before you're about to forget them, such that all that information will remain in your memory. And also it's really efficient to keep that information in your memory. Because of course you could remember something if you reviewed it every single day, but that would just take a lot of time, especially if you're trying to remember a large volume of information. And in fact, I think when I used to use SuperMemo, I recall that there was this percentage threshold you could set where if you wanted the software to be more aggressive about helping you keep things in your memory, you could say, hey, I want to try to remember like 98% of all of the material I'm trying to learn. And so the software might prompt you more frequently to review certain concepts that you can keep right. approximately, it'll shoot for keeping 98% of everything you're learning in your head. And I think that's uh, really interesting. Like if you're studying for the MCAT, you might want to, as you approach the test date, you know, increase that <laughs> to a really high threshold. So you're getting, you know, a lot of reviews. And so then you can go into the test confident that you are remembering just like all of the volume information you need to know. Speaking to that Gwern from Gwern.net fame. Yeah. He had some stat where he figured out that it takes about five minutes for him to memorize a card. Oh. through all the reviews he'll do for a card over several years. That's pretty cool. And so his heuristic was, if anything takes longer than five minutes to look up, then I should probably put it in Anki. Oh, that's a very good heuristic. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then what am I doing with my time? I know you've also used space repetition for stuff in the past, right? How have you used it? I would say that the like one of the most important things I used space repetition for was to memorize all of the different countries in the world and be able to identify them on a map. I was actually taking this international relations course and everyone was given an unlabeled map of the world and had to identify a bunch of different countries on it. And so I found that space repetition was really, really great for this. I personally use the software Anki, which is, I think, by far the most popular space repetition software. They have a shared decks feature where you can get decks of flashcards that people have just released out there for anyone to use. And so what I did was I just found an appropriate bunch of shared flashcards that had all the countries in the world that I think were... UN member nations, uh, like they already had the country, it was unlabeled, and then the answer was just the name of the of the country with the correct spelling. And so, yeah, I mean, I found that was, uh, that made it super easy for me to get started with memorizing the countries. And yeah, it was great. I think the problem is sometimes space repetition is used for things like memorizing all the countries in the world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've got to really think about whether or not you actually want to persist that knowledge into long-term memory, because there is an associated Right. Time investment. And at the time, that was the only thing I was using Anki for, was just to keep all these countries in my head, nothing else. And so I guess I wasn't very incentivized to continue to use Anki because I felt it might be useful, but it would just require a daily commitment of like checking Anki just for the sole purpose of like memorizing the world's countries, which, you know, these days we have uh, Google at the tip of our fingers on our, on our phones. And so it may not be as necessary to memorize certain bodies of knowledge. But maybe I'm wrong on that because I know you might, for instance, see the value of like memorizing, like it might be beneficial to know all the U.S. states or something. 
there's that phrase I've read on the internet that's like, he was so busy trying to see how he could that he never asked if he should or something along those lines, right? Like, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think space repetition software is no exception to using your time well. And so you should totally only memorize things that you actually need to know. Peter Wozniak has some bit where he talks about how reviewing all these facts in quick succession can maybe activate different parts of your mind together and create interesting thoughts. Hmm. But honestly, I've never seen that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think there are better techniques for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've also tried memorizing all the countries and world leaders and general longitude and latitude lines. I was reading this book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and it seemed useful to know where things were longitude and latitude wise. But it totally wasn't. I could just look it up on Google Maps. So, uh, Yeah, like I'm curious, like out of which of those do you actually continue to study in Anki? Yeah, the ones that have been most useful to me are probably hotkeys in the different computer programs I use, the language learning features, like I was mentioning before, the Chinese stuff. And maybe that's it. I feel like everything else has sort of been superfluous. I know a lot of people use Anki for learning general knowledge, like if you're taking a PhD but I generally have found that I do much better on the simple flashcards like country capital, Chinese character, Chinese definition, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that makes sense because you use computer hotkeys very often. And also for someone who's trying to learn a new language, like they want all of that information at the front of their mind. Whereas if something's like various countries around the world, how often do you actually need to recall some ups, you know, it's just obscure country names, right? Uh, right, like, uh, Azerbaijan or something. <laughs> you, know, you don't. That never comes up in conversation. What do you have against Azerbaijan? <laughs> yeah, you never, you never. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's really cool that I feel like in recent years it's become basically possible for people to remember whatever they want, and I think that around the same time it's also been possible for people to not remember mm-hmm. whatever they want yeah. and still. <laughs> be able to perform tasks. Like you have the rise of, you know, the internet and things like say Stack Overflow for programmers. Right, right. Uh, and at the same time, you have rising interest in ancient memory techniques uh, like like Moonwalking with Einstein is, is this book. I think that became somewhat popular mm. that covers the use of memory palaces to remember various types of specific information like you know, just phone numbers, faces, uh, facts, things that, that would otherwise potentially be a little bit hard to memorize, especially on first pass and so memory techniques like that combined with space repetition to like reinforce your memory of a memory palace and and, you know things like that when you combine memory techniques and easily accessible reference materials and things Mm -hmm. like shared decks with space repetition it becomes possible to basically yeah just remember incredible volumes of of information right the technique i use to remember the chinese characters is essentially some hybrid of using enki as space repetition software and then using some spatial memory palace technique idea to remember how the sound, the meaning, and the shape of the character all fit together. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's definitely really cool. I had not thought of that uh, before <laughs> <laughs> as a way to learn uh, foreign languages or or Mandarin uh, specifically. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, frontier. I think there's some kind of abstraction where like Anki is sort of like a container for another memory test, <laughs> uh-huh. and so the memory test might be the memory palace, or in my case the movie scene that I constructed to remember the Chinese character shape, sound, and meaning. Or even like instead of a memory palace, a common memory technique would, would also do the case in, in that trick. And then you could just put that into Anki. And then I think that would that would do a good job of reinforcing the memory. 
Right, right. You can just use some kind of basic mnemonic like, oh, this word sounds like this other word and that's associated with the meaning. So I'll just use that. Yeah, there's tons of mnemonics you can mm -hmm. use to remember stuff. But yeah, I like this way of looking at Anki as sort of, yeah, like a, I think you said a container for memory tasks. <laughs> yeah, like some like high level, broadly applicable memory tool. And then sort of within that, for the types of information you want to store, you may have to do more specific optimizations in terms of learning different things. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of related to the ecosystem. I think you mentioned earlier, although from, from when you said ecosystem, I got this, I got the sense that you were talking maybe more about like audio files to like learn Mandarin rather than like oh. employing specific memory techniques to apply to certain types of knowledge. I just meant, well, you might have an image viewer and a sound player and a way of viewing text in different fonts, generally, they're not all in the same tool, except if you're talking about the web browser. And that's actually what Anki does. It just uses like an embedded web browser generally to show the content that you have in your, that you have in your decks. But as you're mentioning is more than that. It's like the shared decks where you can leverage the work of others. And also it's non-prescriptive. So you can sort of introduce your own memory techniques. It's very flexible. Thanks for listening. There's so much literature out there on spaced repetition and spaced repetition is only one piece of a much greater body of knowledge. In the show notes, we've included links to the software we mentioned in the episode, as well as to resources for learning more. The beautiful intro music to this episode was created by Olivia Orlovska. This relaxing melody is by Neighborhood Vandal. Links to both of these songs can be found in the show notes.